already. I think all of you sat through this class. I'm not going to go through the big uh, uh, discussion here as far as what we're going over. Uh, it is renewing your spiritual life. We've gone over several different aspects. Uh, but last week, <clears throat> we had gotten to talking about uh, renewing our sincerity. And we started off by talking about Second uh, Timothy chapter 3 and verse 5 on how that uh, Paul puts out a warning here of having a form of godliness but denying its power. And we related that back into how that in, uh, in Deuteronomy chapters tw- uh, 11 through 25 uh, show a lot of different aspects of the Israelites' lives and, uh, and how that there's different things that they can see uh, whether or not they were being sincere in uh, the different aspects there in their life. And we'd gone over a few different ones, but we'd, we'd fallen short uh, of finishing up the lesson, and I was wanting to hit these last couple of ones before we uh, go on into the next lesson. But we had talked about uh, you know, showing our sincerity and giving and the assemblies as we come to uh, worship and our citizenship and our submission uh, to, uh, to God as well. Is there any thoughts or comments or anything from last week that we didn't get to? Because I know we was running out of time right there towards the end. And if not, we're going to roll in, into the next one. So in Deuteronomy chapter 22, the first four verses, we show a different type of sincerity here, or how we can know whether or not we're being sincere in in what we're doing. Deuteronomy chapter 22, the first four verses. All right, so what is it that we're saying we need to do? All right, look for ways uh, to help out. One thing that I, I thought was... Uh, uh, interesting about this because it was talking about your brother, you know, in in the fact that if your brother loses, you know, his donkey or whatever the case may be, if you find something that basically is not yours, you know it's somebody else's, so you need to to try to restore it to them. But in the beginning part of verse two, it says, and if your brother is not near to you, or if you do not know him. So just because it's not your flesh and blood might not be the person sitting next to you in here, your brother can be anybody. So, and now, remember, this is referring to the Israelite people, and in reality, they're all brothers. And it's not finders keepers. There you go. It's making mention of how we need to restore that back to them. And not to mention it, makes reference of, you know, if, say, for instance, they're out of town, you know, whatever the case may be, you need to bring it into your home, take care of it until they can come get it. Yes, Jeff? Absolutely. The animals, there's a, there's a lot for them to lose, and as well as clothing. You know, today we might not think of clothing the same way as they did because, I mean, we go in our closet man, what do I want to wear? Well, I think I wore this last week, so, you know, or maybe I wore that this month, so I don't want to wear that again this month, you know, to where they're, 
I mean, they, they're very limited in, in what they have. So it once again, bringing back the aspect of how that these things, you know, this is a lot, right? Not to be a bystander, to step in uh, so that we can try to, to make things right. Right, especially like you walking behind somebody and, and they pull their keys out and, you know, especially if it's somebody like Jeremy and a hundred dollar bill falls on the ground, and you see it, and you're like, well, you know, he should have put that in his wallet, you know. Absolutely, should not covet your neighbor's, whatever the case may be. Goes back to with that. Yes. Oh, uh, where I was going to go to this is going to the Good Samaritan, uh, which you can find uh, in Luke chapter ten, starting around verse twenty nine going on through uh, verse 37 is what I've got written down here. And I wasn't going to take the time to read that, for one, because we're trying to finish up from last week's lesson. But two, we're, like Jim said, we're very familiar with that that parable. And, um, and Jim's absolutely right. I mean, it, there's a lot of people that might not, they might not even consider themselves a Christian at all. You're not in just... In, in Christ's church's realm, but even in the de- denominational realm. They not, might not consider themselves a Christian at all, but they might be a very good person uh, in, in upholding many different moral values. Uh, and sometimes, sadly enough, might even be better than what some within the church are. So, uh, but absolutely, this is... This, exactly down the line that I was wanting to go. Any other thoughts or comments? So ultimately, as what uh, Jeff had pointed out, you know, that we should uh, treat everyone as what we want them to be treated, as what we want to be treated as well. And I'm also reminded of, of Smitty's lesson uh, last Sunday, wasn't it? Last Sunday evening, uh, when he was talking about uh, that particular uh, passage and the fact that it's not you know, do not unto others as you would not have want them to do to you but do unto others as they would want as you want to be done to you uh, which really changes the mindset and I've honestly I've thought about that many times this week and, and it really does when you more you think about it more it really kind of hits home uh, but anything else all right moving on in Deuteronomy chapter 22, in verse 22, it's, uh, we find something here, and, uh, and it's dealing specifically with uh, marriage, but being able to relate this back to, to our faithfulness as well. So 22, 22 in Deuteronomy, uh, what do we find there? It says, if a man is found lying with a woman married to a husband, then both of them shall die. The man that lay with the woman and the woman. So you shall put away evil from Israel. All right. So here we find something uh, to dealing with unfaithfulness. Uh, like I said, this is dealing with the, the marriage aspect of things. But once again, if we can, we can relate this back to uh, our faithfulness to God. Uh, if I can get one person to look up Ephesians chapter uh, 5 and verse 25, 
and someone else to look up Titus chapter 2 and verse 4. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25, whoever has it. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. And Christ loved the church how much? Gave his life for it. Absolutely. Uh, And then over in Titus chapter 2 and verse 4. All right. Once again, you know, we had in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25, love, husbands love your, your wives just as Christ loved the church. And in Titus chapter 2 and verse 4, we find where uh, the women ought to teach the younger women to uh, love their husbands and to love their uh, uh, children as well. We find that we are to be faithful to each other, but we also find that we should be faithful uh, to, to God. Just as, because many times uh, the church is referenced as the, uh, the bride of Christ. So, once again, we can find that relationship as far as our marriage is concerned to uh, the church being the bride of Christ and we are a part of the bride of Christ. Therefore, we need to be faithful to Christ in all that we do. Our sincerity and faithfulness. Any thoughts or comments on that? Well, ending up this, this portion here on sincerity, renewing our sincerity, we need to remember that uh, renewal, the spiritual renewal is more than just lip service. It's more than, than making uh, your faith. It, it's actually making your faith uh, sincere by making your faith a way of life. Uh, and these are just different aspects that we've gone over to try to, to look at different aspects of our life and think, well, you know, how are we with that? You know, when we think about our, our neighbor or our brother and the, and the things that, you know, might see something happen as we talked about and, and did we step in and try to make it right? Did we take care of the things that are needed? Uh, if not, we might want to step back and look at our sincerity. And we can say that about many different aspects that we had looked at. And like I said last week, it wasn't that this was a a complete list, but just a few different things that we could look at. All right, very good. We're moving on into uh, the next lesson. We're going to be talking about uh, renewing our source of authority. And I like the way that the book had started out. Uh, this portion of it, because for one, they, he asked the question, have you ever been lost? I mean, like physically lost, going out somewhere, whether you're um, on the road and you're driving somewhere and you miss a turn, maybe you start talking to the person in the car so much that you, you missed it, especially before the days of, of GPS and everything when you didn't have something coming up and telling you, hey, you know, half a mile, turn right. Yeah, um, but so you're, you're having to pay attention in those aspects. And say so you're driving down the road, you just get lost. You, know, you forget your turn, whatever, and now you're in somewhere that you don't even know where you're at. Uh, or you're hiking and, and you take the wrong trail or, or what have you and find out, whoa, I don't know where I'm at. Uh, 
But has anybody ever been lost? All right, I see a lot of heads. Mike even raised his hand up. Uh, what happened to you, Mike? That's awesome. So, but now, this brings back a, or some brings out some good points. For one, when when you look back and you find that you know, the landmark that you thought you'd set, you thought, man, which one is it? It's kind of uneasy feeling, isn't it? I mean, and, and maybe I mean all of us were in the same situation, but I mean we can see ourselves in that situation. Uh, and I saw many heads shaking when I said, have you ever been lost? You know, when you, when you think about it, you think, well, you know, how am I going to get back? You know, you start running that through your mind, and you start getting kind of uneasy feeling and, and, and maybe even a little upset. <clears throat> but as Mike had said, you know, when he had said, when he would started walking away, he he'd put up some landmarks. He put some reference points uh, to, to know all right, well, this is how I'm going to get back. And uh, unknowingly, not not realizing that there was other points out there that looked a lot alike at the time, but he did set reference points. And somehow or another, I'm sure that on the walk back, you when you got on the right path, you're probably like, well, you know, I do think I remember this, and, and I think I remember that, and, and, and you, what have you. I don't know that for sure. I'm just... Don't think that, no, all right. <laughs> but if we if we have a good reference point, though, uh, so say for instance in Mike's example here, as he started walking away, if he would have noticed another one coming up on the horizon, be like, all right, well, it's one more towards the east or the south or whatever. You, know, if that was the case, uh, once again, I'm not sure how that all worked out. But if he was noticed that as he started coming a- away, you. Know, before he realized so many of them uh, might have had a, a better reference point to where he could have gotten back uh, uh, sooner without having to go through the rest of it. We need to make sure that as we uh, uh, think about our spiritual life and the fact that if we don't have the proper uh, uh, reference points coming from the proper authority, then we can still be lost in our sins. And so when we think about renewing our source of authority, we need to think about where that authority comes from in the proper authority. Because if we have the wrong source uh, or the wrong reference marks, then we could be going down the wrong paths. Does that make sense? And... This morning, we're going to be looking at Deuteronomy chapter 18, specifically. <clears throat> I will reference some of the some other passages, but that's going to be the main passage we look at. In Deuteronomy chapter 18, and we're going to start in verse 9. Uh, if I can get somebody to read uh, verses 9 through 14. What are they pointing out here? What's Moses trying to tell the children of Israel, this new generation <clears throat> on the verge of the, of the promised land. Trust God only. Don't look towards these other things that the, the Canaanites that you're, he's driving out before you. Don't look to them and, and what they were doing. Don't follow after their gods and listen to what, what they were trying to do. 
because as we read in this passage, it says that they're an abomination. Even though it might have been something else that somebody else was using as, as, uh, as their source of authority, as the way that they, they live does not mean that's the way that you need to go because that is the reason why they are leaving this land, why they're being put to death uh, because of these things. <clears throat> Any thoughts or comments before I go? Yes, Jim. Right. And uh, you know, I'm sure everyone in here realizes that it's impossible for us to be perfect in our living, but with Christ, we can be perfect. Because with Christ, uh, uh, he cleanses us from those imperfections. There you go. Yes, in Deuteronomy. Yep. Uh, in verse 15, it says, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst, from your brethren. Him you shall hear. All right, so he tells them not to follow these things, not to follow after the ways that the Canaanites have gone, but yet here's the one that you're going to need to follow. And he's referencing ultimately Christ. And to prove this, we're going to look at a few different verses. Uh, In Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, we find where God says, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. All right, now keeping that in mind, we flip over to John chapter 1 and verse 45. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. All right, so here we find where Philip's saying, we have found him whom Moses in the law uh, and also the prophets wrote about. All right, now flipping over just a couple of chapters in John chapter 5, verses 45 and 46. Well, that wasn't the passage I was actually looking at. It does deal with this, but it wasn't the one that I was going to point out here. Uh, but it references how that uh, says, Do not think that I shall accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, in whom you trust. For if you believe in Moses, you would believe in me, for he wrote about me. All right. So once again, it's referencing how that Moses had wrote about Christ, because that was Christ speaking, But over in Acts chapter 3, verse 19, when we have Peter preaching, chapter chapter 3, verses 19 through 23. Uh, If somebody else wants to read this and and see if it sounds familiar to what we might have just read in Deuteronomy. So there in verse 22, a direct quote (coughs) from Deuteronomy. Uh, chapter 18 and verse 15, uh, where Peter, an inspired apostle, had made reference to the scripture that we were just looking at there in Deuteronomy chapter 18 and verse 15, making reference to the fact that that was who Moses was talking about, was Christ. Uh, How that he was going to raise up a prophet from among them, which he did come from uh, the Israelite 
nation there. And it was him that we should listen to. It was him that we should follow. Uh, once again, pointing out where our source of authority should really come from, it is Christ. Any thoughts or comments on that, though? I know I went around the world to make sure that we do realize that that was the Christ that, we, that Moses was referencing here. Verses 16 through 19 uh, continue on with the same aspect as far as uh, Christ and how that uh, uh, he's going to speak his, uh, his uh, will through him. But then we get down to verses uh, 21 and 22 there in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 18. So what's he saying? What's he talking about? I should have had you read verse 22, but it's all right. Uh, but what's he referencing here? What kind of prophets is he talking about? False prophets. All right. So in this, we're being told basically that there will be false prophets. And he tells us how that we should know that there is a, it is a false prophet. Uh, by looking at what he says and whether or not the things that he says would come to pass, and if it didn't come to pass, then you'd know that he's a false prophet. Now, I would imagine that back in this time period, it'd be pretty hard, pretty hard to know, uh, because you would have to listen, you'd have to wait and, and see how things work out. But thankfully, we don't have to worry about that anymore, because we have the completed word of God. We have uh, the proven word of God from the prophets and what they had said, what they did write about. We found it uh, to come to pass, so we know that it was a true prophet. We know that the words were true. Uh, and, and what part of, of we should have. But to say that, we do have uh, false teachers out there that will teach different aspects, different things, <clears throat> uh, might even be referencing uh, the word of God, but not necessarily to the extent the, that God wanted them to be referenced to uh, in the teachings that they're teaching. So just as they had false prophets, so we have false teachers. Uh, so the question is asked, why does God allow that? Why do you think he would allow people to teach, or especially back in this time, people to have false, or false prophets, or in this time, have false teachers, all right? So we have a choice. <clears throat> I always, it is, I mean, we can uh, make the choice to follow the false teachers or not, uh, regardless of whether or not that, that what we study and what we find is true or not. But ultimately, it is more of a test. Look at um, Deuteronomy chapter 13, verse 3. We had talked about uh, this verse not long ago. It says, You shall not listen to the words that the prophet or the dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And in verses 1 and 2, it references how that if there be a prophet or a dreamer uh, that might show signs or what have you, but is not of the Lord, then you should not listen to him. Uh, and it makes reference to the fact that it is a test that God is 
uh, uh, testing you with of whether or not you love the Lord God with all your heart and with all your soul. So ultimately, the reason why he allows that to happen is so that we can prove ourselves uh, to, to love him by continually studying, continually uh, knowing where our authority comes from and following after that. We'll finish up with that and, uh, and talk a little bit more on that aspect next week as we finish out this lesson. Thank you very much.